The 2016 summer movie season is coming to a close, which means all those youngsters have to go back to school, and all the adults get to go watch some Oscar-contending movies. This week on the podcast, we talk about this past summer of sloppy and interesting movies. Cue the music. Welcome, everyone, to the Entertainment Buffet Podcast. This is episode 15. I'm one of your hosts, Brandon Prosek. Uh, we have a guest today, uh, one of my uh, classmates and uh, co-workers and friends from college, Heath Rumble. How's it going, Heath? I'm doing well, doing well. Good to hear. Thanks for having us. Yeah, of course. Glad, uh, glad you were able to make it on, even though we are halfway across the country from one another. <laughs> Very true. Uh, but let me, uh, before we get uh, chatting away, let's get all the plugs away. Um, you can catch this Entertainment Buffet podcast on uh, iTunes. You can also catch us on Podbean, Blueberry, Stitcher, Google Play. I'm trying to find all the free places to put this for you guys. So if you're an Apple hater, there's other options out there. But if you are on iTunes, please rate, review, subscribe, all, share us, all that jazz, all the things you hear and all those podcasts. And uh, you can also catch Entertainment Buffet, where we do sketches and web shows uh, on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, or just entertainmentbuffet.com. Um, we have tons of sketches coming your way, uh, some animation as well. We're trying to branch out to some other uh, Chicago young comedians that are trying to make their name and uh, get you some more content for you guys to laugh at on the on the onlines <laughs> and uh on the internet on the internets uh on that google the aol um <laughs> yeah and uh, for any reason I, i'm just putting this out there because it seems to be a thing podcasts do if you'd like to email us with comments questions ideas for topics of podcasts email us entertainmentbuffet at gmail.com uh we have new episodes every other tuesday so stay tuned for those and just a little shout out to a few friends uh friend podcast you can check out movie trailer trash and you can check out the Brothers Marvel podcast and also the Slobberknocker podcast. Those are movie, comic, and wrestling podcasts that uh, uh, friends of mine host. Great listens. Check those all out on iTunes as well. Very entertaining. But, uh, yeah, let's uh, talk again with our guest of the week, Heath. And uh, so uh, why don't you tell the, the listeners a little bit about yourself, Heath? Yeah, well, my name is Heath Rumble. Uh, like you said, you know, we went to, to Columbia College, Chicago together, um, and I, I had a focus in screenwriting. Uh, personally, you know, I love editing as well. I, I love directing, but uh, writing has always been my, you know, my forte, um, if you will. <laughs> uh, and so uh, now I'm out in Los Angeles, as you mentioned. Uh, I moved. Actually, I just celebrated. Celebrated so much. Not. Uh, uh, but just, you know, observed, I guess you could say. <laughs> I acknowledged that I was here for two years uh, just just the other day. Yep. Uh, Happy L.A. birthday. <laughs> thank you, yes. Or um, L.A. anniversary, as some people try to try to pronounce That's it. a way to LA say anniversary. it. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so, uh, yeah, I mean, now what I'm doing out here, my day job is working at Marvel Animated uh, Animation Studios. Oh, just no big deal. You may have heard of them. Uh, no, no, I feel incredibly lucky to be working. I mean, I've been a, a huge Marvel fan since, you know, Spider-Man 1 came out uh, back in, what, 2001 or something like that. And so, but, it, you know, it, it, it was, uh, I worked about a year just doing day jobs, like fundraising over the phone, working at a movie theater, et cetera, et cetera, any odd job, you know, the L.A. grind. And uh, but eventually, eventually it paid off, and so uh, so now I'm tr trying to write on the side. I have my own plug. Actually, I'm also helping write a great web series, Karmic. I don't know if you've heard of it. Yes, Brandon. I actually have um, seen some because yeah, I had met uh, Scarlett awesome. uh, a few times. Of course, right, right. So uh, so yeah, it's a, it's a great web series. We're going into season two. We're starting production soon, and so yeah, it's been it's been great out here. Awesome. You know? Yeah, check out Karmic on uh, YouTube, right? Yes. 
Karmic on YouTube. Yeah, um, but yeah, congratulations, uh, congratulations again, Heath. Uh, a job at Marvel Animation Studios. That's that's awesome for uh, only being out there a couple of years. I mean, some people go five or more, ten almost years without getting like an actual yeah. industry job, whether it's you know yeah. some something on a set or just being an extra or whatever. And that's awesome, man. Yeah. I I often tell people, you know, I would have been happy with any sort of assistant work at, you know, in any industry, you know, it could have been someone's home office, you know, managing just a few actors in commercials or whatnot, you know, I would have been happy with that. Um, but no, I, I, I lucked out, you know, part of it was just networking people you meet on set. Um, even if it's just free sets, you know, it's really, it's true what they say out here. It's all about who you know, but, you know, maintaining those connections, finding people you work well with. Um, yeah, it's just, I just lucked out. Yeah, I feel like that's that's almost everyone's response is that I lucked out, you know. <laughs> and I'm just like, that's, yeah, someone kinda. has to just be like, well, it's I won, purely because of my skill. <laughs> I won, I won the lottery, uh, ish. Yeah. You know, we'll see. People, people have have had much better jobs than myself, and then you know, backtrack. Yeah, but, so you know. Marvel Animation Studios, you just go up, and it's kind of like a deli. You just grab a ticket, and then at uh, they, they call a number, and then you're like, ah, and then you're like, all right, you got a job. <laughs> I wish it were that easy. I got a sandwich. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll not waste any more time, because we got a lot of stuff to talk about. It was a very oh, yeah. interesting summer of 2016. Um, but uh, we'll kick things off with the LOL of the week. And, uh, yeah, basically this could be a picture, meme, gif, story that happened to you, anything. Um, so, like, mine is very quick. Um, it I uh, On Twitter, I follow this uh, profile, uh, Office Tweets. They just, all they do is tweet gifs and memes of the best quotes from the U.S. Uh, version of The Office. And it's like a trip down memory lane because I I love those first four seasons. You know, seasons five to nine are they're still good, but like those first four are just classic to me. I've rewatched them so much mm-hmm. on DVD. But one of my favorite ones was when Michael he walks out. Uh, he's having financial troubles, and he walks out to like the the area around all the desks, and he just goes, "I declare." Bankruptcy! <laughs> and oh I just, my god. I just love, like, because <laughs> you know there are probably people out there who think that's all you have to do with bankruptcy. Is right. You just declare yeah. it. And I love the follow up <laughs> scenes that they're like, okay, Michael, that's good, but just like, you can't just declare it. <laughs> you have to file it and you have to do this. And <laughs> just seeing that meme again brought back so many memories from, like, wow, oh, yeah. like that show started like. 10 years ago you know it's so man one of one of my favorite comedies of all time but uh uh heath do you have yourself an lol of the week i do and i i want to say i agree that yeah the first four seasons of the office were were so classic um man i could just probably you know watch them over and over again you could just Um, you could just pick out any random one and it's quality like from those first four seasons automatic you know it's gonna be great Yeah. yeah Um, but yeah, I do have, actually, speaking of nostalgia, um, I don't know if this is the good kind of nostalgia, though, but <laughs> this this Onion article I saw, the Onion is always perfect for, you know, LOLs. Even just uh, their headlines. In general. <laughs> oh, yeah, and that, that's all you really need from this one, too. Um, and so I, I, uh, I saw this, and it immediately, you know, it was one of those, like, this is, this is too real moments, you yeah. know. Uh, the headline... Sudden resurfacing of file called lyrics.doc, a chilling reminder of a time thought forgotten. <laughs> so, um, yeah, basically, you know, an article about how, you know, sometimes you're, and this, this happens to me very frequently, you're, you're looking through for some old document in your computer, and, you know, I keep a lot of really old, you know, writing, whether it's lyrics or, you know, um, old short stories, story ideas, what have you, on my, you know, in my documents, and I'll be scrolling through them, and, like, literally, like, I'll forget what I'm even looking for, because something will come up, and I'll be like, oh, my God, <laughs> I had not thought about this in, in so long, and, and I love the quote, because often when The Onion shares stuff on Facebook, they'll put, like, a little quote in the captions or whatnot, and the quote for this one is, 
Jesus, look at this stuff. <laughs> like, it's just like such, such a perfect encapsulation of just like the actual feeling when you're just like confronted with middle school you. Oh, God, You know, yeah. all of us, you know, in right, right? Yeah, it's like hor- horrifying. And I think like most of it was like, you know, most of the article is talking about how he wishes he, he had totally left all of this behind. So <laughs> Yeah. Uh, anyway, that I'll, was... That, I'll admit yeah. that's f- happened to me numerous times. Let's get into our topic of the week, which is kind of wrapping up, uh, I wouldn't say reviewing, but just discussing the 2016 mm-hmm. summer movie season. So, like, just your initial thoughts first, Heath. Like, what do you think... Uh, that do you know maybe just roughly not an exact number how many movies you ended up going to see in the actual theaters I, or i have just over a dozen that i could remember and wrote down <laughs> uh so and i feel like that's a lot for me for a for a movie season i i despite being a film major uh you know even when, when i was in school like there would be summers that would go by that like i feel like i wouldn't watch nearly as much as i should have and of course i still feel like that yeah um, but, but I feel, yeah, over a dozen is, is kind of, yeah. Yeah, no, that, that sounds definitely like a good number to kind of gauge. And, uh, I think I'm mm-hmm. probably, uh, maybe a little bit below 10, maybe around the 10 region, but yeah, it's, uh, mm-hmm. even though I, I had a feeling when I saw like kind of the slate of movies that like a lot of sequels, a lot of, uh, you know, like whether it's prequels or just franchises, tent poles, like right. so many big studio movies i knew remakes i knew most of them wouldn't be that good but i still wanted to go to the movie theaters i wanted to give a lot of them a chance because you never know they they could look terrible and just have bad marketing but then the movie's actually Mm -hmm. good um but yeah i i mean overall i was kind of disappointed just mainly because i feel like there's always like one or two just like super standouts like just holy shits like mm-hmm. and not just independent films like there's always good independent films but like there's always like one or two like holy crap like that was a good summer blockbuster movie but right. like I feel like this year it was a lot of eh, like, <laughs> the, yeah, like there was some garbage but it wasn't like you know it wasn't a landfill it was just like a right. lot of middle of the road a lot of the studios just settling for kind of meteoroc- uh, mediocrity when it comes to like story mm-hmm. they're just like give them the things they love from like the past five ten yeah. years uh, story story I find and this is probably just you know the uh, side effect of being a writer by trade but story always is, is what bothers me with this like because oh, you know too. we we've got pr- yeah we've got production quality down like we can make you know fucking transformers look like they're real life you know like there's there's no there's nowhere further you know yeah we can get imax or what in 3d and yeah. all that but like um but story which you'd think would be you know I, you know kind of nailed down by now but it's just it's just yeah like you're saying Especially with tent poles, it just feels like they are trying to almost please too many people with one movie. They're please, you know? they're trying to please so many ple- people that they're pleasing no one. Like it just, exactly. They, uh, <laughs> and I said this uh, on our uh, first episode of Film Tweakers. Um, like when it comes to, for example, like DC Warner Brothers with like Suicide Squad, their biggest uh, Warner Brothers biggest. Uh, or I should say DC's biggest enemy is not Marvel, it's not Fox, it's not Sony, it's not Rotten Tomatoes uh, trying to score bad against them. (laughs) Their biggest enemy is themselves because I feel like the last few films, all they do is they shoot themselves in the foot because they don't let the filmmakers finish what they want to do, they try to intervene and reshoot things and then it just and it's not just DC, it's so many films, like it just feels Mm. like the studios are like, no, we need to just do what they love and filmmakers are like but we've already seen that <laughs> and yeah. that was what this yeah summer and it's, felt it's like. well and that's the thing it's always it's always it's always the things that they've seen us love we like we as the creators are, are guessing that they're gonna love this um and that's a risk and off too often like the studios just don't want to take that risk um yeah and, uh, you know, they just go with something that, yeah, like you've said, we've seen before. I mean, a good, a good example just from something of this past year and this not quite falling in the summer movie season, but back in February, I think the reason that Deadpool had such success was not because it was a superhero movie. It was because 
it was something we loved, like you said. We knew we loved superhero movies, but they did it in a new, fresh take. Like, we've seen origin mm-hmm. stories for, like, probably right. 15, almost 20 years now when it comes to superhero movies. But yep. they did it in a way that felt new. So, like, it almost, mm-hmm. it, like, distracted you from the fact that it's something you've seen before because it yep. was rated R and it was super raunchy comedy. It was... Yeah, and very aware of yes. itself, too. Yeah, self-aware. I feel like that was one of the fre- refreshing things was that it was just, like, so meta. Yeah, like. and... Uh Yeah, I think the reason, uh, like, uh, hopefully Hollywood doesn't take the wrong lesson from this. I think James Gunn said something like that, uh, that hopefully they don't think, oh, now we just need to make meta movies that are rated R and that they're make a lot of dick jokes. It's like, no, that's not Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's not what we loved. (laughs) We just love that it was something new. So whether it's a horror movie, a rom com, a sci fi, like just do something fresh and people will go to see it. Yeah. yeah. So uh, yeah. one thing I wanted to ask, uh, what was your favorite movie of the summer? Yeah, The Nice Guys. Um, right? Was that what yeah, you said? My, yeah, my favorite movie okay. of both the summer and the year so far. I didn't think I, uh, mm-hmm. for the year that anything could beat Deadpool because I'm such a big Deadpool fan. Uh, like, I've just loved mm-hmm. the comics. But yeah, The Nice Guys by Shane Black with Ryan Gosling and Russell mm-hmm. Crowe. Like, what's so funny... It's the same thing with Deadpool. That movie is a buddy cop movie. We've yep. seen that tons of times before, but it felt fresh because Shane Black's writing mm-hmm. and direction is just so brilliant. Like he, oh, really uh, he makes these two characters that they're just horrible people. Like they're just terrible, mm-hmm. and they just uh, you love them anyway because they're just like their banter and their silly antics, yeah. and uh, both their just both those actors' performances are like top notch. I mean, who would have who would have guessed that like Russell Crowe <laughs> and Ryan Gosling would have like such great chemistry together? Gladiator and the guy um, from the Notebook. <laughs> yeah, right. Like I, you know, I'm glad that Shane Black uh, made that realization though. And yeah, I haven't seen as as many Shane Black movies as I'd like. Um, but I was excited for this movie because I love Iron Man three and a lot of you know, especially very comic book, you know, heavy, uh, you know, fans. Yes are not as big a, f- a fan of Iron Man 3. I think it's really great. What's funny is that, like, as I was watching it, like, and they had the Mandarin, you know, like, footage and whatnot, I'm just like, this just looks so produced. Like, it's just so stereotypical terrorist. Like, God damn it! like, why did this... And then it, it, it perfectly solved that by, like, oh, it was actually produced. About, like, the Shane Black, the, the nice guys from this year, uh, mm-hmm. like... We won't necessarily say the exact spoiler, but I think you know what uh, I mean mm. when I say it. It's like there was a twist um, with like a certain character yeah. death that it was just like the whole film. Like you'd think, oh, this is going to be the ending. It's pretty obvious. Like this is going to be the mm-hmm. the result. And then like no, the character dies, and you're like, oh wait, now where is this going? <laughs> yeah, I was so. Yeah, I was so afraid that 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 it was gonna end like around where you were saying, and uh, yeah, I'm really glad that it that it, it was basically like the start of the third act, basically or like the climax, you know. Um, and and so that was refreshing. I'm trying to remember, just like I mean, it was mostly a comedy, but like they did have some dark elements in there that were like really like oh, like they make you, and this movie will make you feel you know a, a lot too for the characters. The most underrated of the summer was mm-hmm. the nice guys. I, I think that yep. it it came out at the worst time. It came out in kind of mid slash end of May, which was like right after Civil War. It was right before X Men, and like it's kind of right in the middle between these two comic book movies that not enough people were sold on the whole Ryan Gosling Russell Crowe thing to go see it. But I think if that had mm-hmm. come out in August or perhaps mm-hmm. even March or like it, if it come out at a different time. I think it would have done way better, um, but yeah, that's the kind of movie I want more studios to make because it was only made on like a thirty million dollar budget, which like obviously is a lot of wow. money, but compared to uh, the superhero movies that now spend two hundred fifty million plus a hundred million on yeah. advertising, like thirty million is not bad. If you get a decent yeah. opening weekend of a hundred million, like you're making good money. Uh, so like mm-hmm. I. I th- really hope that even though it didn't do well 
that Shane Black gets to make more movies like this, that mm. more filmmakers yeah. like him get chances to make these smaller production movies with uh, yeah. high uh, high profile stars. And I and the last thing I'll say about it is because you mentioned at the very beginning, like they're very unlikable characters, yeah. and like for the most part that's true. And and it's weird because I normally don't like, you know, totally uh, unlikable characters, like you know, loathsome like antiheroes or yeah. whatnot. Um, and and I think the reason that this worked was because they actually did make they gave them redeeming qualities. Like Shane Black did actually make them like you know multi dimensional characters where. Where you saw like them hurting in certain scenes, yeah. or you, you actually saw like the kind of state, you know, personal stakes they had in the case, and it was just so well set up. Everything it was just such a satisfying. Yeah, movie. that's that's. I think that may be one of the only movies this summer that I gave it my number one rating, which is like uh, tremendous. I'm going to buy it the day it comes out on DVD. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, like nice. uh, a lot of the other movies that, uh, the, and we'll talk about as we're getting into some other uh, mm-hmm. like bullet points here is. They're kind of movies that you almost wish you waited to see it on Netflix or Redbox. Um, mm-hmm. And, like, The Nice Guys was a movie I was, like, so glad I saw it in theaters. I wish I saw it, like, twice in theaters. Like, it's just very entertaining, and I really recommend it, guys. And, like, I, I even did a an article before on MoviePilot.com. I was like, go support original movies. Because, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I, I, it's funny. I, I don't know if... How many people in your family are uh, like us trying to get into film or perhaps just any entertainment experience? Do you have any in your family? Uh, no, 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 none in, in my same family. Here. Uh, so, but yeah. uh, so many people in my family say, like, oh, I feel like it's like the same movie and over and over. Where are all the original ones? I'm like, well, you have to go see them when they come out. <laughs> but mm-hmm. you guys only choose to go see yeah. Star Wars and, you know, a superhero movie or a Michael Bay movie. But if you only go see those, they're like, oh, well, those are the ones people like. So anyway, I I won't rant too long on that, but (laughs) um, let's uh, we can move on to uh, biggest surprise of the summer. So this could be a movie that surprised you how good it was or it looked really good and it surprised you because it wasn't quite uh, as good as you thought it would be. There is one that I was uh, surprised about that did come out in the summer, unlike a couple of movies that I had listed here. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and so, uh, and this is kind of another underrated one um, that it's called Hunt for the Wilder People. Um, Wilder People being one word. Um, and it stars Sam Neill um, and this, uh, this newcomer actor, this little... Uh, kid who's kind of chubby by the name of uh, Julian Dennison. I think and, I heard about this movie. Uh, I didn't get to see it. but Yeah, right. Not many people had heard about it. And literally the day that I heard about it was like the day that me and my friends were like going to see it. And I just quickly watched the trailer. But it's amazing. It's about Sam Neill being this very non-talkative, like, you know, uh, husband of this foster parent. And uh, they take in this kid who's, you know, obviously had a troubled past. And eventually Sam Neill and this kid get, like, lost in the woods and he gets injured. So they have to stay out there. And then, you know, it becomes this really absurd uh, chase, you know, with, with basically like a run from the law movie with this, these, <laughs> you know, two kind of, yeah, unseemly, you know, this unseemly pair yeah. up, right? And, uh, and it's actually by... Uh, take a, uh, I believe it's Waititi. Oh yeah, like, um, take I'm a, probably mispronouncing that. Yeah, he's supposed that. to do the next Thor movie. Exactly, which is why it makes me really excited for that. Um, if I were to describe, actually, I'm gonna steal one of my roommates' descriptions from this, but it, it's basically like an adult version of Up. You know, it's like cranky old man, <laughs> ch- chubby, chubby, excitable kid, um, and except that, like I'm pretty sure it's like rated R, and you know, it, it some really absurd stuff happens yeah. but I, I recommend everybody check that out because i was you know i just hadn't heard anything about it i had really no expectations and i was like ah. yeah i definitely yeah. have wanted to see that i've heard nothing but good things and who doesn't like sam neill from uh, jurassic park <laughs> yeah exactly for sure. so yeah so my biggest surprise of the summer and like i hate to sound negative so much about the season but it was one that i was really hoping would be good and it turned out to be just mediocre to bad to most people which was x-men apocalypse and this movie, I, I am a big X-Men fan. Like, all growing up animated series, uh, 
the the first movie I saw in second grade back in 2000. Like I just I've loved these characters. Wow. Like I love the fact that uh, it's an ensemble opposed to just like a Spider-Man or a Batman where it's one hero. I like how um, you know they're rising up against prejudice. Like with humans treat mutants like garbage. Mm-hmm. So uh, so many yep. awesome things with these stories and. I was so excited because, like, the X-Men franchise has really been hit or miss. Like, it's it's had some great movies, but then it has movies like X-Men Last Stand and X-Men Wolverine Origin yeah. where they've had missteps. But they're, they were back on track. They had First Class, I loved. They had Days of Future Past uh, a couple years ago, which was awesome. They combined both the First Class cast and also the 2000s movies cast i was like oh man and brian singer's coming back again he's gonna do apocalypse Mm -hmm. this is gonna be amazing they got a good actor like oscar isaac for apocalypse like this is gonna be so good and then the promo started coming out the trailers and i'm like okay but guys it doesn't look bad Mm -hmm. it looks like it'll be okay and then i go in and it's like oh it had so like the problem was I think it was trying to do way too many things at once. It had so mm-hmm. many characters, way too big of an ensemble, to almost like it's like Brian Singer kind of got lost like in whoever wrote it. I'm not sure if it was him and someone else, but like they got lost in all the characters to where it just turned into another big CGI fest. And like we've seen that plenty. Uh, did you happen to see X Men Apocalypse? I did. I will agree that. Um, and I, I don't know, I, I think I just don't really like Brian Singer's uh, X-Men movies, because, like, didn't he do Last Stand 2 or something? He actually didn't. No? He did uh, He did the, the okay. original 2, uh, and then two, he just okay. did Days of Future Past. I'm, I'm, I like First Class a bit more than Days of Future Past. I know that's an unpopular opinion. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely thought it was also quite a mess. Um, so yeah, uh, so yours, uh, I like we had a balance here. Yours was, uh, surprising in a good way and mine was surprising in a bad way. But, uh, (laughs) so, uh, we'll, we'll move on to, uh, what was something that was just the most, like, and it's not so much disappointing, but one that perhaps you just were like, ah, man, should I have paid X amount of dollars Mm. to go see that? Yes. Yes, well, and especially, I actually did get to see X-Men for free thanks to a friend, so uh, that that would be a big one, but since we've already talked some about that, um, I'm going to say Warcraft, and I'm going to I'm gonna have it, you know, say my caveat, which is I have never played World of Warcraft, yeah. so I didn't, I didn't expect to really totally, you know, get the fan experience, but in my opinion, you should be able, if you're making an, ad, an adaptation of something, right, you should be able to welcome new audiences too. Or like, you know, you shouldn't have to be a fan of the source material for an adaptation to work yeah. and for it to be, you know, just a really, you know, a good story. Especially because um, they were probably hoping that this would spawn a bunch of sequels. Like exactly. and like, I don't know how many. Like, I feel like this movie, if it'd come out five, six, ten years ago, it would have been a huge hit. But like, I feel like World mm-hmm. of Warcraft. Like, I don't hear about as many people my age playing it anymore. Uh, and right. like, I just like, I agree with what you said, and that's actually why I didn't go see it. Is because I was like, well, I'm not mm-hmm. a. F- I never really played the game, so am I gonna understand yeah. it? Is it gonna? Am mm-hmm. I gonna want to see yeah. it? And so that was a movie I kind of I waited to see what the reviews were, and when the reviews weren't good, I'm like, all right, that you know, I was on the fence, but bad reviews, you push me back off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and um, and it's it's especially disappointing to me because uh, Duncan Jones, the director, is a favorite of mine, and he's only really directed like a couple of movies, but um, the first one is Moon. Everyone should check it out. Um, so he's a really great storyteller. The other one is Source Code, and he didn't write that one. Um, but still, it's like, you know, the execution of the storytelling is really great. Like, um, but, you know, just like when you like a director, even if it's not, you know, m- him making something that you know much about, you still are like, oh, you know, I'm totally going to see yeah. this because, you know, I, I, I'll probably like of it. Of course. But nope. Yeah. Yeah, that was a that was a movie. Uh, it did uh, decently well overseas, but uh, yeah, China. Yeah, loved but it. in the United uh, States, China no one was it, feeling it. Yeah. <laughs> 
it's 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 getting a sequel just thanks yeah, to Yeah, I think it's apparently. it's funny. I think it's getting uh like I think about 85 or 90% of the money it made was overseas. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Which is yeah, uh, because it just shows you how little people saw it here and how much people saw it there. But yeah, uh mm-hmm. this is tough trying to decide the one I was most disappointed in because it's I almost want to cheat and make two tie for it. Um, mm-hmm. One of them was Suicide Squad, um, mainly because I I haven't seen Batman versus Superman yet. Uh, but like I I've, oh. I've read the I've read I know the summary I've I've heard the spoilers yeah. like I know what's gonna happen. But like I was really hoping like okay DC you have another movie coming out this year hope you can really turn things around and like you're going a different route by trying to do uh, this movie with all your villains. And it just didn't, it just didn't, uh, didn't execute well. And I, I was so disappointed because I like that director, I like his writing, but mm-hmm. the fact that it just was another, just like, ah, looks cool, but like you said, story just really isn't there. Um, and yeah, and I and I heard your the film features <laughs> about it too, and t- I have not seen it actually, but um. Uh, I yeah from from that and you know people who've seen it at my office, it just sounds yeah like you know I've heard the tone was just all over the place. Uh, I won't mm-hmm. shit on Suicide Squad too much. I've, like you said, I've covered it enough on Film Tweakers. Uh, <laughs> go check out that uh, on the same uh, podcast feed. But uh, another one was Ghostbusters, and like this is a little bit different mm. because. Everyone was expecting this movie to be shit. Everyone hated that trailer. I was one of the people that was like, "All right, guys, let's let's cool up a little." <laughs> like, we do know that we've had movies like Disaster Movie or Epic Movie or you know, like uh, like all these other really shitty movies, and you're really shitting on a female mm. Ghostbusters. But anyway, I yeah. was really hoping that it would just blow people out of the water and be like, you know what, we have a fucking bad trailer, but our movie kicks ass. And mm-hmm. unfortunately, it didn't do that for me. Unfortunately, it, it just... They tried to... It's almost like you said, they were trying to please too many people. They were trying to please all the diehard Ghostbuster fans by having all these cameos, all these Easter eggs, all these uh, mm-hmm. just shout-outs to the old movies. And I'm like, all right, you're, you're, you're talking so much about the old movies that you're forgetting to be your new movie. And uh, it, uh, yeah. it was... It was not Melissa McCarthy and Kristen Wiig's like best improv, because you know a lot of their humor with Paul Feig and Bridesmaids and whatnot is a lot of improv. Yeah, and it's like you could almost tell that they're doing, like that they are doing improv. In other movies, it felt mm-hmm. natural mm-hmm. and it felt like okay, that made sense for their character. But theirs, I remember once they're doing this like little riff back and forth about Patrick Swayze, and like it would have been kind of funny if they stopped, but then they kept going. And I'm like, oh. I feel like you should have left this on the cutting table, Paul. Like this, <laughs> this feels yeah, like something. Yeah, right. And that that feels like an editing mistake yeah, too. Like, it just, yeah, it wasn't awful, wasn't great either. Mm-hmm. And like that's. But do you mean like when when you're talking about like the improv, like is it like you could see the gears turning almost? Not, like not so much that you um, see them thinking, but it just like uh-huh. th- these characters are supposed to be scientists, and they're supposed to be right. uh-huh. you know like in. Not that like scientists can't improv or be funny, right? Or that, <laughs> but it's, it just you know, it's like a very believable movie. Yeah, right now, but. but it didn't quite make sense that like they're they're designing these huge, great technological advances when it comes to catching ghosts, but then a second later they're just like, oh, you know, Patrick Swayze, blah blah, blah dirty dancing, flash da- or uh, flash dance, blah blah, blah you know. Uh, Saying all the yeah ghosts, ghost, they're they're going back and forth oh. about that, and I was just like. Okay, so uh, when they're not building these ghost-busting machines, are they taking classes at Second City? Or, (laughs) like, it just doesn't make sense for the film. And that's one of those situations where, as a writer, I wish that they wrote good jumping-off points, and then if the Mm -hmm. improv was good, you use the improv, but then if not, the script is good. But I felt like Paul Feig right. was kind of like, oh, we'll just improv it. It'll be hilarious. Very mixed things about it, actually. Not just, you know, it wasn't all negative. It was like, literally like every other person that I talked to about it was like, it was either like really, really great or it sucked horribly. Yeah. So kind of like, yeah, the, the middle of the road, the mediocre sounds about right. Um, but I I had gotten, I haven't seen it yet, but I, um, 
I got sort of excited about it because the first trailer, like you said, sucked, and I was like, oh boy. But then someone re-edited that trailer to like take out all of the like long pauses and like awkward cuts yeah. and whatnot. And like that, and that fan-made trailer, like using the same footage, was actually like really good. And so I was like, oh, okay. And so it's like you've said before, like you know, obviously the trailer isn't always a good indicator of whether it's a good or bad movie. So I, I had a little more hope, but yeah, it's too bad that it, it didn't quite you know reach the mark. Anyway, while we're talking about ones we were disappointed, the, uh, well, we may as well mention, because this was an interesting summer, movies that we outright refused to see. Uh, and I'll just say one. It, it just recently came out in August. Ben-Hur. I, <laughs> I had <laughs> negative a billion interest in seeing this. Like, there was no <laughs> chance I was going to pay to see this. The only way yeah. I probably would have seen it is if they paid me to. Like, <laughs> I just... I haven't even seen, like, I've seen scenes, but I haven't fully seen the classic Ben-Hur. Mm-hmm. But I was like, no one is asking for this. <laughs> no yeah. one is like, you know what? I like Ben-Hur, but it doesn't age well. We should redo that, and let's put a new <laughs> spin on it. Like, no one was saying that. <laughs> we already had that terrible Gerard Butler, Gods of Egypt or whatever, like, earlier. Oh, we did. God. And oh, that's, yeah. It's such a fad and anymore. Like, ever since 300, it was yeah. just like... Hey, people will watch these antiquity movies. Yeah, and it just—it it was one of the, the, the <sighs> one of the few remakes this summer, and it was just there are some movies that probably deserve a remake just because technology is better, right. or a new mm-hmm. writer can just take it in a totally new direction. But from what I've heard and like from what I've seen, like it, it's probably going to be the biggest box office bomb of the summer, and I'm very glad about it because I hope because like someone that's the thing is that this took hundreds of millions of dollars and there's someone in a high rise office that was like this is a good idea we're gonna make bank on this like the one person the one person who was asking yeah. for it and like <laughs> like I don't know the exact production budget but I, I'll, I'll just say it's probably between 150 and 200 million but like if you had taken yeah. that maybe yeah, even maybe more. more if they had taken that and given it to three younger filmmakers to make mm-hmm. or not even younger but just lesser known filmmakers to right. make 30 million dollar movies there's way more likelihood you get a return on your investment I mean, do Mm -hmm. the... I think they're called Blumhouse. They do the Paranormal Activities. They spend next to nothing on their movies so that when they make only three million... Well, they only spent 50 grand. (laughs) It's just simple math. You spend less, more likely you'll get a bigger return. So I just... Ben-Hur, it made no sense. you're, You're better off finding a movie that, say, came out in the 50s that was... Like, look for a film that maybe was well-liked by filmmakers, Mm -hmm. but it didn't do well, and people just, for whatever reason, didn't end up seeing it. Like... Yeah, like, you know, Billy Wilder movie. Yeah, or like like a film that, like, everyone loved, but no one saw in theaters was, like, Scott Pilgrim vs. Mm -hmm. the World. But, like, take a movie like that from, like, the 50s, because I'm sure there's some of them, and then remake one of those, Mm -hmm. because everyone's like, oh, what's this? (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, like a little hidden yeah. thing. But uh, yeah. anyway, what was the um, movie that y- you said? Like, no matter what, like they'd have to they'd have to pay me to see this. I'm not paying to see that. Um. Well, uh, I won't. You know, go. Uh, this won't. This won't be my main one because we we've talked about it some. But Suicide Squad is one of those movies. Oh, okay. It's because you work for Marvel. <laughs> well, yeah, 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 it's obligatory. No, it's but in no, your contract. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, no DC yeah. films. <laughs> um, but uh, you know, it just like I mean, I've been really disappointed with DC films already. And then like when I saw the trail, every trailer for that made it look worse and worse. And I was just like, except for there was, I think there was like one trailer where I was like, oh, I guess it make looks makes it look kind of okay. But then like I heard the reviews, and so I was just like, yeah, there's no yeah. point. Um, but well, the one I'll say mainly uh, is Tarzan, which is another yes. one of those movies that nobody asked yeah. for. Nobody was like, oh, you know what I'm missing? I'm missing a tar- live-action Tarzan movie in my life. Like, you know, it's been done so many times. Uh, the animated Disney one is great, you know, and that was only, you know, 98 or something like that, um, or 99. And, uh, yeah, exactly. So And, and also... 
Yeah, and and beyond that, like I was like, okay, well maybe maybe if they have an interesting take on it, I could you know give it a try. But like I saw the trailer, and it just looks like like a I don't know if we're allowed to curse oh, on yeah, this show. Fuck it. Um, a total clusterfuck. Yeah. Like what the fuck is going on? Like it's supposed to be like a sequel to Tarzan. Like he's coming back to the jungle or something after being introduced. Like you watched more footage than and... I did. I as soon as I heard that that was on the yeah. slate, I was like, no, <laughs> nope. Yeah, and so no, I, I at least checked out the trailer and you know because um what's his name uh is in it as the villain um Christoph uh, the new James Christoph Bond villain Waltz. yeah Christoph Waltz yeah. Um, and, uh, so I was like, oh, okay, you know, he's good, but it's, and it, it plays into this, like, such an old cliche of, like, he literally is like, oh, I'm going to get Tarzan to fight with me or whatever by stealing Jane. It's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like, what? I would have never guessed. <laughs> I totally agree, because when, uh, back at the beginning of the summer on episode seven of the podcast, we did a summer box office kind of prediction challenge, and, mm. uh. Yeah, the one category that. was big biggest box office bomb, and I no joke was couldn't decide between Ben Hur and Tarzan, because <laughs> like you said, Tarzan, <laughs> no one was dying to see that. Like I guarantee, yeah. what happened was the studio execs watched the latest, you know, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes and Rise of the Planet of the Apes, and was like, hey, uh, effects are getting pretty good. Yeah, we can we, make monkeys can look make real monkeys. now. We got any ideas with monkeys? No, but we own the the rights to Tarzan. Ah, fuck it. Pay some dude like you know ten grand to write a you know a new Tarzan. Like you said, there, no one was asking for this, and I, I believe it actually cracked the top ten like domestic box office wise for the summer, but like it wasn't oh. necessarily a financial success, which is mm-hmm. well because it probably costed. Yeah, another big movie uh, that they were hoping, you know, would make a billion dollars. And I just, that's another thing we could talk about for this summer was, like, when you look at the top Mm -hmm. ten, it's, like, all sequels, remakes, whatever. But, like, I think there's three or four of them that even though they made 100, 200 million, they weren't, uh, they weren't in a profit margin like <laughs> they they oh, just man. oh man that's, that's insane that they made 102 million were the top 10 of the summer but didn't make any money on it and probably like so many indies are actually you know doing relatively yes. well um yeah hopefully i mean it's all topsy-turvy now so hopefully execs like you said are, are gonna smarten up yeah i it, it's just something, hopefully, I'm really hoping that the big lesson for this summer was that, all right, guys, mm-hmm. we can do tent poles, but we need, a, we need to bring a new spin to them, or we need to, there has mm-hmm. to be a reason, I, I think there was an article I read, it's like, there has to be a reason for this movie to be made. It's not just because mm-hmm. we need to pump it out to make money. It has to be because the yeah. story calls for it. And mm-hmm. I think that's the biggest problem is because the story doesn't call for it. They're just scrambling for ideas, which is hilarious because there's so mm-hmm. many people like us that honestly, right. uh, you know, we may not have the most feature film writing experience, but if you give us, like, you can get us for pretty cheap, let's be honest, because right. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what my first asking price will be if I ever sell something, but you right. can get us for cheap and we'll get you, uh, I think, a pretty damn decent idea that maybe you yeah. give us a more experienced writer we can rework it and spend mm-hmm. 10 million on it we make 50 at the box office and you know you're getting some money back like yeah to to whoever bought pokemon <laughs> i will write your movie i i, I have an idea ready yeah. to go man but uh yeah uh, the, we're wrapping up one of the last things also I wanted to ask is was there any movies you really really wished that you saw that you didn't get around to it that you heard good things and you just really wish you checked out yeah and there's quite a few so I'm just going to list these very yeah, quickly yeah sure um, yeah and so like the the lobster um, an independent yep. movie rom-com drama uh, that looks really great. I've only heard great things. Uh, the Witch, uh, super scary. And actually, is this you know this is mostly this year. I, I think The Witch came out a little earlier, but I you know I think it was playing maybe in some theaters in summer. Um, and uh, and I've heard great things about that. Knight of Cups, Knight with a hmm. K. 
Um, Terrence Malick movie really looks good from the trailer. Everybody Wants Some, which is the new Richard Linklater movie. Um, and I'm a huge Richard Linklater fan. He made um, Days and Confused um, and the Before Sunrise series. And also The Jungle Book, which, you know, everyone ought to know about The yeah, Jungle Book. Yeah, yeah, that uh, was a... But yeah, I, I missed... Yeah, I missed that was a that. film that sort of I was kind of on the fence about. I was like, ah, is this like Tarzan where they're just trying to do some more CGI animals like the the mm-hmm. Planet of the Apes series? But right. apparently, I've only mm-hmm. heard good things, so uh, it's definitely yeah, it's apparently yeah, really something great. that'll definitely probably worth checking out for a dollar on Redbox. <laughs> um, <For sure. laughs> yeah, I agree on the lobster. Um, I I haven't personally seen anything about the witch, but. Uh, I haven't heard bad things about it, so yeah, I I definitely agree mm. with most of those. I, I I also really would like to see. It's another independent film. Don't think twice. Like uh, I really wish I could see that. It's uh, from Mike Birbiglia. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that is another one. Yeah, I it's see. actually only as a comedian. It's actually his only uh, second film he directed. I really loved his first film, Sleepwalk with mm-hmm. Me. Yeah, Sleepwalking with Me. Yeah, yeah. and. Uh, Again, it's gotten like ninety percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Like it's just gotten universal praise, only good things. Um, so I really want to. I really wish I could have seen that. Um, one movie that like it kind of got mixed bag reviews, but like I still wish I would have saw it was. I wish I would have saw Central Intelligence with uh, Kevin Hart and The Rock. Yeah. Um, I'm a huge mm-hmm. fan of The Rock. Uh, you know, I tolerate and I uh, enjoy sometimes some Kevin Hart, and it just mm-hmm. <laughs> it looked like a sort of like one of his movies like Ride Along but it actually looked <laughs> like it actually yeah it looked like it was like oh th- this could yeah, be this it, could be it's, good it yeah. totally like we said with Nice Guys it's just another body cop type buddy story but it looked entertaining and it did mm-hmm. pretty well because it, it made it into the top ten of the, the box office so um, yeah wish nice. I would have saw that and uh, yeah The Lobster definitely have only heard good things about that um, but other than that, I, I yeah. think I pretty much saw the most of the movies I was dying to see. Um, there were some that, um, mm-hmm. like you said, uh, like Jungle Book or like even really Finding Dory. You know, I'd, Secret Life of Pets, I'd be open to seeing, but I wasn't I wasn't dying mm-hmm. to see those. Um, right. Yeah. But yeah, so uh, what? Cool. Uh, any other final thoughts for the uh, this summer of movies, Heath? I mean, uh, is this one? Of, would you say of the past <laughs> five years one of the worst summers, or what? Where's this kind of rank? I mean, I don't think I can say that just because you know some of the original independent movies I've seen have been so good, um, and so it really has just been more on the studio studio end. You know, they've been really dropping the ball. Um, but you know, also like movies we haven't talked about, like Ten Cloverfield Lane. Oh was yeah, amazing. yeah, yeah, from um, the spring, Keanu, yeah, yeah. Keanu oh, was really good. Oh, I never good. saw Keanu. Uh, Pop star. <laughs> oh. Yeah, Keanu. Pop star yeah. never stopped, never stopping. I really wanted to see that. So that yep. was on my really wished I saw list. Yeah. Yeah. You should see it. It is. It is actually hilarious. Yeah. I was crying, laughing. It came at out end. at the worst um, time. And it so, came out like. R- like oh, right, I at, like I said, right after a bunch of big movies like Turtles and, you know, I think maybe before Ghostbusters mm-hmm. or something, it just, it, it fell very under... Yeah, it was a very awkward, awkward yeah, release date. And, uh, like one yeah, movie that um, look at, uh, I think the release date killed it was BFG. That was a movie, I've heard good things, mm-hmm. but it probably would have done better in the holiday season. <laughs> Oh, I see that. Like, I can that's see a, that. That's yeah. a good Christmas, bring I, the kids, and maybe a little scary, but, you know, yeah. it's worth going to take a look. But really, I mean, you, you put it right in the middle of July, like, it just, I don't know, destined for failure. Sorry, yeah. Spielberg. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm sure you'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, so overall, overall, you know, I'd say it was it was definitely yes. a mixed bag, and I hope that, uh, as we as we've discussed, I hope that it's you know, going to show some studio execs that, oh, well, maybe we should just invest in more original projects and, uh, you know, some fresh faces uh, who have, you know, really maybe out their ideas. Yeah, because we could talk about it forever. I mean, it's so many, so many stories, so many movies. So many opinions. But uh, we'll... uh, (laughs) 
don't get two writers together in a room. They'll talk forever. We're just like, why don't they pay us yet? Yeah. Um, but uh, we'll digress into the I hate people of the week. Um, so we get to mm. just vent about uh, it doesn't have to be a certain person. It can be uh, just people in traffic or people on the Internet being trolls, whatever. My I hate people of the week is... Uh, People who read texts or emails or any sort of um, conversation that's done, like typed, when they read it in the worst way possible. <laughs> I recently mm. got into like a, a fight with uh, someone who I was going to collaborate with because she was apparently reading all my texts like I was just this angry person. Hitler person <laughs> she's just like you're you're doing this and this and this I was like whoa 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 are you reading the actual reading wait, the wait. actual words Brendan are you are, are you saying you are not an angry Hitler person <laughs> I, 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 I you know maybe like a Hitler cousin what? but I'm no. not no <laughs> you got me no yeah um, but like I no. just that's that's very weird yeah I can't stand when people like they're like oh well you meant that or you implied that it's like no 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 no. read the actual words I typed <laughs> like I know like mm-hmm. that's the problem with doing conversations via text or email mm-hmm. but that's just how things are you can't always have a phone or Skype or live person conversation you're on the move you're doing things you're at work communicating like you have to be able to just read things and not misinterpret it and take it in the worst way possible. Um, it, it, it's very frustrating because yeah. I usually try to get around that with the, with emoticons, but then, you know, even that can get annoying <laughs> yeah. or like, you know, I hate, I hate always like injecting like the ha ha yeah. or LOL, you know, like I don't hate it, but it's like, you know, it's just cumbersome and, you know, because you don't want it to, to, yeah, to sound too harsh or, you know, whatnot. And so like, yeah, I, but I, I also get plenty of texts without those that could be taken yeah. many ways, and I and I'm just like, you know what? Uh, I'm just guessing this person yeah. is in a rush. You know? uh, <laughs> like, but uh, so I can understand taking things maybe the wrong way or a different direction. But when you take mm-hmm. it like, like every text, even like a hey, what's up, is just like, what do you mean by that? <laughs> it's like I mean, yeah. What are I you mean, trying to hey, say? What's up? Um, but yeah, uh, so well, what is your I hate people, Heath? Is it oh DC my. because um, you're a Marvel this was, person? This was <laughs> <laughs> it just, by default, you know, I hate all the, you know, Warner Bros., they can all die. No, um, uh, no I, I actually have a friend who works at Warner Bros., so yeah, we're, we're all cool, but um, no, this was uh, this was kind of like uh, yeah, it sucked because uh, my bike was actually stolen uh. recently. From my apartment, yeah. Um, luckily, it was like I got it for a steal, haha. <laughs> um, but <laughs> like at some pawn shop. Um, but uh, it, you know, it was. It's kind of. I wouldn't say it's my fault, obviously, but like I could have done more to prevent it because I had this tiny bike lock that wouldn't fit around the bike rack that we have at our in our apartment, and you know I could have put it somewhere else. It was kind of in the way. But, um, but yeah, so I just would, like, lock the, the wheel, like, to the front bar, you know, so it's, like, yeah, you could still, like, carry it off, but it wouldn't really, like, yeah. bike for you, or wouldn't, you know, the wheels wouldn't turn. So I was, like, yeah, you know, and we're, like, in a gated, locked apartment complex. Um, but, yeah, some scumbag <laughs> walked in to, to said apartment complex and, was, you know, I guess just saw the bike not chain and was, like, oh, yeah. two good. Yeah. My lucky day. And so, yeah, so screw that guy, um, or a girl, you never know. Um, (laughs) and, uh, yeah, so, yeah, it just sucks that people think like that sometimes, and, uh, so, yeah, that's my, I hate people. That's the thing, is, like, are they going around and they're trolling looking for people who left bikes, or they happen to walk by and just be like... He didn't lock it up, I'm doing, uh, I'm teaching him a lesson. That's what I want to (laughs) know. Yeah, I kind of, I kind of, I don't know why I kind of like to think the latter in a weird way, maybe. It was your mom. Because, like, it's, it's even. <laughs> She's just like, how many fucking times have I told you to lock up your goddamn bike? <laughs> she just doesn't want me driving on the road or biking on the road, you know, so yeah. it's super unsafe. So she just decided to take matters yeah. into her own hands. <laughs> yeah, I joke, but that's probably something my dad uh. would do. 
be like, you should have locked it up. I guess this is mine now. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, but uh, like, oh. what I like to do after we always uh, vent about I hate people is we take a deep, big, deep breath in and breathe it out. <sighs> Fuck people. <laughs> yeah. Fuck it. But, uh, yeah. Thanks, uh, thanks uh, again for coming on, Heath. This has been a fun, uh, fun conversation, even though we... Yeah. yeah, thank you for having Being me. A, yeah. a little yeah. bit negative about the summer, but you know, hopefully it's it's like we said. We're look at it the positive way. Hopefully this is a lesson. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say. Speaking of yeah. teaching lessons, you know, um, yeah, and uh, and yeah, I think I think the more analysis, you know, and and people are kind of giving commentary on this sort of thing that that goes on, you know, hopefully it will create that. Um, what do they call it? Like a a sea change or yeah. whatnot, you know, uh, that, yeah, that kind of, you know, shifts, you know, we, we will yeah. be the revolution. And, you know, and so. it definitely should happen because it's not like there are people out there who are saying that this was an amazing movie, uh, summer movie season. Mm-hmm. Like it is universally said that this was either the worst or shitty or just plain mediocre forgetful. Mm-hmm. So like when it's so yeah. one-sided, you can't help but hope that that means there's going to be change. Like I'm sure there's been some summers where yeah. there's some good movies, some bad movies and they're like, "Hey, it's uh, it's a toss-up. It was a summer." But like mm-hmm. this is just so much mm-hmm. like, yeah, that was not not the best. So yeah, just left a left a bad yeah, feeling. Yeah, like smiles, so. Hopefully, there's so, some really yeah. good Oscar contenders coming out here this fall and uh, this winter. A nice, nice. Hopefully, and to extend that metaphor. I mean, we have uh, Star Wars Rogue One coming out. Hopefully, that'll just cheer us up. <laughs> yes. Um, also, uh, that's right. Strange. Yeah. In November. So excited about that. Um, Marvel represent. I did, but also I've been trying to like forget, so like it almost kind of like surprises me. Like yeah. I'll be right. I want I want to kind of like lower lower my yeah. Like it'll be in the middle of October, yeah. and then all of a sudden it's like, whoa, Doctor Strange comes out in like two weeks, because <laughs> it right. feels like forever oh. ago when they were like, Can't oh, uh, Joaquin Phoenix is going to be Doctor Strange, <laughs> and then it oh turned out God. to be Benedict Cumberbatch. What a um, yeah. Whew. So. Uh, before uh, we sign off here, just uh, do all the uh, other plugs. Uh, is there anything uh, you'd like to plug again, Heath? Um, well, I mean, I will reiterate Karmic, um, which, like I said, I'm, I'm writing for this season. Uh, you know, just one of the writers. I, I have uh, one episode I've written, and um, and it's really great. I, I, I think the first season, every episode just got better and better. Um, if you do want to follow me on Instagram... Um, my username is hrumble. I do like posting um, kind of regularly and uh, mostly artsy kind of photos, you know. Um, I'm one of the few people remaining on, on Instagram who kind of like is like, oh, like I'm going to try actual amateur photography with this. Like, because, you know, I don't own my own camera, but, uh, but yeah, um, you can follow me there. And I don't really have a whole lot of other... Uh, you know, other, other plugs and social media things. I, I am on Twitter as uh, the Filmosopher, the oh. underscore Filmosopher. <laughs> Check out Karmic on YouTube. Uh, I've seen some of it, and uh, I should go uh, watch some more. Um, do all, uh, all our final plugs. Please uh, rate, review, subscribe, and share this podcast on iTunes, uh, the Entertainment Buffet podcast. We have a uh, another podcast on this feed that's going to be coming uh, in a more sporadic fashion called Film Tweakers. Uh, I'm sure Heath will be a guest on that as well, as we'll be tweaking both current and past films um, as best we can to where we hope they could go from bad or decent to great. And, um, yeah, also check out Entertainment Buffet on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Tons of sketches coming your way, some that are just plain goofy and are about friends breaking up with one another because of Mario Party, and they're just, they're very... Spoilers! (laughs) Lots of fun stuff coming, guys. I've I've been able to partner up with a lot of other writers and actors and uh, 
uh, cinematographers that have helped me bring to life some new stuff for you guys. So please check those out on all the social medias um, and check out other podcast friends of ours like the Brothers Marvel. They go through actually all old 60s Marvel comics and they're reading it like one by one, like Fantastic Four, like some of the first issues of Hulk and uh, Tales of Astonish for Ant-Man. It is it is hilarious because okay. they... <laughs> Those, those old ones like Stanley, like they just they do some very sexist and very, uh, very zany, questionable. Check out movie yeah. trailer trash, and also check out the Slobberknocker podcast, friends of friends of our podcast. But uh, yeah, thanks again, Heath. We'll have to have you on again. Uh, and we'll yeah, we'll maybe we'll just do one yeah. all all about writing, just because. <laughs> there we go. It'll be endless. Um, it will be. We're, we're like, we're not ending this podcast until someone buys one of our scripts. <laughs> it may go for a while. My wife may be upset. But <laughs> Filib- filibuster podcast. How has no one done that yet? That sounds like a great idea for a podcast. I don't know. We'll have to invent it. I'm going to go until someone gives me X amount of ratings on iTunes. uh, All right, guys. uh, Thanks again for listening, and uh, we'll talk to you later.